From the great state of Ohio, Buckeye Firearms Association presents Keep and Bear Radio, fighting for Second Amendment rights, calling out media lies, and telling the gun grabbers to come and take it. Now, Keep and Bear Radio. TV and movies are great for entertainment, but not so great for education, especially when it comes to guns and shooting. Unfortunately, nearly everything that most people know about guns comes directly from Hollywood, and their work is full of myths, lies, and distortions. And that's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Keepin' Bear Radio. I'm Dean Reek, Executive Director of Buckeye Firearms Association, and I'm joined by John Weber, State Director with NRA ILA. Hi, John. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Dean. Thanks for having me. John, we've been talking about movies recently, and I'm a huge movie fan. I go to the movies a lot. In fact, at some point, I started collecting all of my movie tickets, and I have like a big cookie jar full of movie tickets, hundreds and hundreds of movies that I've seen. Uh, I've I've been watching movies my whole life. And, you know, I, I try not to be too critical. I'm not a movie snob because, you know, that for me, that ruins the experience. I just go and I know it's all about entertainment, so I don't get too persnickety about it. But when it comes to guns, I, I got to say, I cringe sometimes because even some of the best movies show things that are just wrong, just wrong. And unfortunately, even though it's entertainment, it teaches people really bad things that's then used in the news and in the law and everything else that just screws people up. Yeah, it certainly creates a lot of uh, misconceptions about, you know, what exactly, how exactly a gun works, what exactly you can own, um, how easy it is to acquire them. There are a lot of things that they do, but like you said, it is a, a lot of it is in the interest of entertainment. But after a little while, you'd think somebody might take the time to put a little more thought into it. Well, you know, they do have firearms consultants on movies. Anytime there are guns, they'll have an armorer. And sometimes a consultant who will come in and show them, you know, here's how you use a gun, here's how this gun operates, and so on and so forth. And you would think that the directors and the writers would pay attention. And I know that it's about entertainment, so that they do things they probably know aren't right sometimes, just because if it's exactly like real life, let's admit it, it's going to be boring. You know, you you don't go to the movies or watch TV shows because they're exactly like real life. You watch them because they're fantasies. But it has consequences. And, and I'll, I'll just start out with the, with the one, and I, I'm going to classify this one as a myth. And you see it in movies all the time. You used to see it in some of these really stylized westerns, but, but you'll see it in all, all kinds of movies. Bullets make people fly through the air. I mean, th- this one is so illogical. And I know that now I was a science major, and I know not everybody studies science, but, you know, everybody should be familiar with Newton's third law of motion, which is pretty basic, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Now, you see this in a lot of movies. Somebody shoots somebody else, especially when they're using a so-called, you know, quote-unquote powerful gun, a shotgun, whatever, and the person gets hit, and they just fly through the air. They, You know, they fly into a wall, they fly out of a, of a window, and it looks really cool, but it sort of begs the question, well, if they're flying through the air, what happens to the person who's actually shooting the gun? 
I mean, well, most times in the movie, they're generally unaffected, which to your point, where's the equal and opposite side of that? They, you know, they did a, I don't know if you used to watch, uh, there was a show called Mythbusters mm-hmm. and they actually did a whole show on this and they, they, and they took a dummy and they hung it up on a hook and they went through all these different firearms, you know, from revolvers all the way up through a shotgun. They even had some automatic weapons in there and they had a little scale to show how much the dummy would move every time it was hit. And even with the shotgun, now the shotgun knocked the dummy off of the hook, but none of them, you know, visibly moved the, the dummy at all. The, du- the dummy was like 175 pounds, something like that. So, you know, like an ordinary, you know, like the size of a guy. And there, there was no motion whatsoever. And if, if anybody hunts, you, you know what happens when, when you shoot a deer, what happens to the deer? Does the deer fly through the forest then when you hit it? I mean, I would, I would like to see some video on that. No, it just drops or it runs for a little bit and drops. Well, you know, the same thing happens to people or anything else. It, you know, it pokes a hole and that's pretty much all it does. If you were deer hunting that way, it'd be a It'd be a shame. It'd be a lot of wasted meat if every time you hit a buck. Well, I mean, who would who would hunt or who would even use guns? I mean, good lord! I mean, if you if if I fired a gun at the range and I flew across the range and hit the wall, no one's going to go to the range anymore, right? No one's going to carry guns because you're going to hurt yourself more than you hurt anything else. That'd take a little bit of the fun out of it. Well, I mean, it might be interesting. You could have some interesting contests on you know how far you could fly, you know, with guns, <laughs> but. But, you know, that it, the total myth, bullets don't make you fly. You know, I'm probably, I don't know, 185, 190 pounds right now. Uh, bullet is how much? How much does an average bullet weigh? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a few grams, right? I mean, it's a tiny, it's a tiny piece of lead. So it just, just launch, even if you don't know physics, a, little, a tiny little piece of lead is not going to make a, a giant, you know, 170, 80, 90 pound body fly across the room. Not, not even close. You know, just pick up a little round hold, even big browns, you know, it's not a whole lot to it. It sure isn't enough to knock something 180, 200 pounds, you know, not only off its feet, but clear through a pane of glass. But it's fun. But, but being, being realistic is fun too. Some of the John Wick movies, or I've seen other movies where they actually do try to be realistic. And if you do it right, you know, it, it's fine. It works with the movie. So that, you know, they don't have to do that, but it's all about money making, so I won't be too critical. But but it's not true. That is a myth. Bullets do not make people fly. That is a myth. And the John Wick ones, you know, they that's one where they actually, I guess, listen to the consultants that they brought in for a change. Because to your earlier point, these movies, it's one of the frustrating parts is they do all hire armorers and consultants, but none of that seems to come through on screen. You know, they teach them how to use them, but they don't need to learn how to change a magazine actually on screen. If somebody's gives somebody else a firearm and a gun, they tell them, you know, just point and pull the trigger. You know, you could also mention maybe lining up the sights or something like that. Well, yeah. I mean, there is an awful lot of point shooting in, in oh, movies yeah. and they, they don't talk about it. They just, they don't aim or they'll hold, whether it's like a shotgun or a rifle, they'll, they won't bring it up so that they're looking at the sights. They, they sort of have it, you know, down, and they're, they're just sort of shooting with magic. And, and all the good guys are great shots, and the bad guys are always terrible shots, right? I mean, you, uh, that, that's another one. The bad guys will, will shoot 100 shots, and they'll never hit the good guy. The good guy hits, you know, shoots one shot, and five bad guys fall to the ground. So, 
It's I, a I, remarkable amount of uh, ammunition that the bad guys seem to put, put down with no success. And at the same time, it's also interesting to see how when they have fully automatic weapons, it takes them, what, 10, 20 seconds to empty their magazine? Yeah. Uh, which, as we know in real life, you know, you got four seconds, five seconds, if you actually are fortunate to have a select fire weapon. I, I will admit that I'm a little anal when it comes to round count because I'll try to identify, okay, what kind of gun is that? And then I'll count the number of shots and see if they reload. And almost never is it accurate. Wow. You know, they'll have what, and I'll, I'll think, okay, that's a five-shot revolver. And they'll take eight shots. You know, the they most just, egregious just, examples definitely revolvers. <laughs> yeah, they just never seem to reload. And, and, I, and I get that, you know, reloading a revolver, if you're, you know, putting in one round at a time, that's kind of slow. It slows down the action. I get it. But you, you know, the, keep moving the story forward. Yep. So you know, I understand it to a point, but it's uh, you know, it's a little frustrating to to kind of see that time and time again. So, and then there's another one, and this one actually, I, I'm going to classify this one as a lie, because I think people know that this one's not true, but you keep seeing it anyway, and not just in movies or on TV. You see it in news stories all the time that guns go off when you drop them. Now, again, as a movie fan, probably the best example of this is from a Schwarzenegger movie called True Lies, if you remember that. Mm. Jamie Lee Curtis is in the movie, and she drops a Mac-10 down a flight of steps. Now, it doesn't just go off once. It starts rapid firing as it's tumbling down the steps, and there's this whole room full of terrorists and this was actually kind of a kind of a double here because not only does the gun continue to go off as it goes down the steps, it takes out all the bad guys. So it you know magically aims at all the bad guys, but they also are flying through the air when they're hit. Oh, they got them all into that one scene, huh? Yeah, and then there and if you ever noticed, and, and and I started noticing this with World War II movies, when you're shot, you have to throw your arms up in the air to indicate that you're shot. So you're shot, their arms go up in the air, and they fly backwards. So, you know, that, that, one, that one scene has a bunch of, of lies and, and myths all packed together. Now, back in the old days, you know, with the old single-action revolvers, you'd have a firing pin right on the hammer. And, you know, you talk to the gunfighters, and they would say, you know, I, I keep an empty chamber because, you know, if I drop that gun or if it's jostled, you know, the, the pin could could actually shoot the gun. Well, that, that doesn't happen anymore. They, you know, you don't, if you look at a revolver that you have, it doesn't have a firing pin today. I'm not a modern revolver. It'll have a little transfer bar. And I think it was back with the gun control act in 1968. When all this started, they, they started doing drop tests. So firearms have to have mechanisms in them to prevent them from going off specifically, you know, if you drop them, because that is really dangerous because, People mishandle firearms all the time, and if they're going off all the time when you drop them, that's really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really bad. And if you for leave one in the chamber or forgot to unload something before you drive home from the range and go over a speed bump, it could be a big problem too. But you know, as you know, drop safety and safety generally is the most critical thing when designing a firearm. With military test, if, if it fails a drop test once, it's gone. That that gun is out of the contest. That is, you know, disqualified immediately. So that that's a far 
big misconception about firearms and really plays up this false sense of danger around them in movies, albeit for entertainment's sake. Yeah, and and I'm not I'm not an expert. I know people who know way way more about the mechanisms of firearms than I do. But but even I know that there are, there are all these things like firing pin blocks, hammer blocks. I already talked about in a uh, revolver. You have a transfer bar. It's like a little pin on a spring. Uh, so that the hammer never actually touches the, the round at all. There are bolt interlocks, trigger disconnects, magazine disconnects, trigger safeties. There's, there are all these things that make it virtually impossible unless there's a defect in the in the manufacturing. Now that can happen, and and there are recalls sometimes of firearms when they've just been manufactured incorrectly. But with the kind of manufacturing and the safety testing now, when you see a story that says, you know, Joe Blow dropped a gun and it went off. Just rewrite the headline in your mind. I, I was a dumbass. I pulled the trigger. It went off. It startled me. And I dropped the gun. Because they're, they're embarrassed. They're embarrassed. They embarrassed. You, you know. just need to be honest and own it. I know it's embarrassing. But there's actually, I don't know if you remember this, but a few years back, the Baltimore Police Department had a string of um, accidental discharges that they blamed on their brand new FN 509s. And three or four guys had them. I hadn't heard of the problem anywhere else other than the Baltimore Police Department, but because none of them would admit that they made a mistake, they switched from FN to Glock and bought all new firearms for the department. So the Glock was supposed to be safer because that happens with Glock all the time. Yeah, uh, nope, exactly. There was no rhyme or reason to it other than a few people that made a boneheaded mistake were unwilling to admit it. And it happens when people are putting the, the gun into a holster, that they won't keep their finger up on the slide. They'll have it in the trigger guard. It hits the side of the holster, and then it goes off. And And that is one of the nastiest wounds ever. You shoot yourself like along the leg, like you start at the thigh and it goes all the way down to your knee. That's about as nasty as it gets. And, you know, well, the gun just went off. No, you had your figure, finger on the trigger in the trigger guard. You weren't following safety and, and you fired the gun. You shot the gun. You shot yourself. You shot yourself. And that's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> that's embarrassing and it's painful. That, that makes me that makes me cringe just thinking about it because that's it's a long wound. That is a long yeah. that is a long wound. Uh, I've actually seen I saw a picture of of that of somebody who had holstered a weapon and exactly what I'm describing happened, and it just it looked like you know, you know what like in your backyard if you have moles or something and they dig tunnels and. That's what it looked like. This guy's leg was just kind of exploded and, and all like just on a two, two feet all the way down his thigh, oh. like, like from the hip all the way down to the knee. So it looked like just like a groundhog had gotten in his, in his thigh and just dug a tunnel. And it was probably, just like, oh my goodness. Probably felt like it too. Oh, I, can't, I can't even imagine. Well, so now here's one I would classify as a distortion. There, there's some truth to it, but it's distorted a lot. And this one's about, and I'm going to use the word silencers, because that, that's the way people say it. Silencers make guns as quiet as a whisper. You see this in movies all the time. You see it in James Bond movies. It doesn't matter what the gun is. It just kind of goes, and like an AR-15, you shoot, you know. That, now, I'll admit, now first of all, it's, it's not a silencer. They're called suppressors. Yep. They don't silence the weapon. They just suppress a certain amount of the noise. Now, 
I have a I have a Ruger twenty two forty five twenty two caliber, and I have a silencer co sparrow for that Ruger. And I will admit that it is really really quiet. Suppressor generally will reduce the noise of a firearm by about 30 decibels, 30, 30 to 40 decibels. And you can fire this Ruger with just standard, you know, CCI, standard velocity uh, ammunition. And it is quiet. It sounds like you're opening a pop can. Now, it's probably around, you know, 100 decibels or so, but it's very brief and you're perceived... This, this, is, this is an area that I've studied a little bit. So there's a difference between actual sound and perceived sound or perceived loudness. The perceived loudness with a silencer on a 22 generally is that you can barely hear it. So on this on this Ruger 2245, you can hear the action click, and that's really about it. And it's scary how quiet it is. But it, you put a put a suppressor on an AR-15. Uh, you're talking about going from maybe 160 decibels, which is deafening, down to maybe 130 decibels. Now, just to give you some, and, and I'm kind of nuts about my ears. I used to be a musician years ago, and nobody wore hearing protection, so I have a little tinnitus. So I'm I'm really protective of, of the hearing that I have left. When I'm mowing the lawn, I will wear plugs. Now, my lawnmower is probably around 80 decibels. The motorcycle is probably around... 95 or so. If you go to a rock concert, it's probably around 110. So if you have a suppressor on an AR-15 and you're going down to 130 decibels, it's still really loud. Yeah, louder than a rock concert. That's yeah. not silent. Yeah. So, you know, this idea that you just can't hear it or like you shoot in one room and you can't hear it in another room, that's just not true. It's it's not that quiet. You know, get, you know have someone, if you know somebody with one of these, Go to the range and just listen to it and just, just you know, see for yourself. And, and you can get little uh, apps for your phone that will measure the decibels. Just, uh, you know, Google it. And, and there are all kinds of apps out there that you can. I have one on my phone. And when I'm at the range, sometimes I just, uh, you know, will measure the noise. And you can see for yourself. It is not that quiet. It's not. It's, the you know, the difference between like a hot rod and a normal car they both make noise you know it's a muffler essentially is what a suppressor is it doesn't completely stop it you still have noise it's just reduced a fair amount uh, but on things like the 22 man that can be that can be a lot of fun it can also be a little surprising the first time you use one too you kind of have this action you're used to and pulling a trigger and expecting a certain thing to happen and it's so quiet it's a little surreal muffler, they ought to really call it that because people understand what a muffler is. You know, you go from a really loud, annoying noise to just normal car noise, right? Yep. It's, it's, it's tolerable, but it's not silent. Right. That's right. I, so let's, you know, I'm, I'm going to advocate now to, to call them mufflers. They're fire, <laughs> firearm mufflers, not silencers, not suppressors, because everyone understands what the word muffler means. I, I think, John, you've started something. I think a little rebranding effort could help us maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what what else can you think of in uh, movies and TV? Well, you know, one of the other things that I think surprises me a lot is the number of times that people manage to uh, cock a pump shotgun before actually firing a shot. Oh, and my Nothing God. comes out. Yeah. No shells are ejected, but when they want it to, to actually fire, it's ready to go. I saw a movie the other day where it was surprising 
every time that the the lead character who had a shotgun and was trying to threaten other people, get them to talk or whatever, and just kept pumping that shotgun, nothing came out. And I think it was like three times. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Just expelling all of your ammo? Uh, you know, you keep you keep racking that slide, and it's really dramatic. But that, that's that's dumb. No, it's just for effect. It's a fun little noise, I guess, to some people. And, uh, you know, it would be an intimidating noise if somebody was pointing it at you or if you walked into the wrong house. But you only get to do that once before you start losing your shells. What about the, well, you know, that, that reminds me of, of another one where, you know, you have, and I think they did this in Terminator, and I've seen it in other movies where they think they're going to have a gunfight. And so they load a bag, like a duffel bag full of guns. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Why don't you just take one gun and a lot of loaded magazines? Why are you loading up all the different guns? Because then they get in the gunfight, they'll empty one gun. They they throw the gun away. And then they yeah. get another gun and they got to lug 100 pounds of gun around, you know, when they're in the middle of this gunfight. It doesn't make sense. And it's also just kind of heartbreaking sometimes when you see what their throwaway guns are. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe you just checked that in the lake and kept moving on with your other firearm. Well, yeah, especially if it's like the beginning of the middle of the movie and you're thinking, well, you know, you might need that gun later on. What, it could be useful. Yeah. They, they just leave them. The other thing they never do that kind of fits in with needing stuff later on is they never stop and pick up magazines or anything off. You know, they'll throw their guns all over the place, take somebody down, and then walk right over their body without picking up their gun. Well, and then where are they getting the, the extra magazines later on? That, they never really get too clear on that, do they? They seem to have a huge amount of ammo. Just you just going and going. Yeah, it's like you, you never see them getting the ammo in the movie, just like you never see anybody going to the bathroom in a movie. You know, somebody, you, you'll go through this long adventure and they never eat, they never go to the bathroom, they never get ammo. It's like all this this kind of stuff that you have to do in real life. All the things that you'd normally be concerned about, especially, you know, if in a, some of these like post-apocalyptic movies where the world's ended and everyone's running around with automatic firearms, got no problem squeezing them off. And it's just like, guys, I think we're a, uh, probably running a little short here. Maybe we should conserve some of this ammunition here. Maybe put it in semi. Well, and I'm getting off topic, but, and then uh, in the post-apocalyptic things, they always have, all the clothes are always ragged, which it's like, that doesn't, it's like 10 years after the apocalypse and all the clothes are super ragged. Well, okay. I've, I'm probably wearing a shirt that's 10 years old. It, it is not ragged. Uh, you, you, it's not going to look just, you know, go to a store. Everyone's, everyone's dead. Nobody's buying. You can just take the clothes from the store. You can have, you can look pretty nice in the apocalypse. I think. You'd think you'd always have something fresh and it is amazing to think of how quick their clothes go to threads. I don't know where they're shopping, but it looks like they, you know, put them all in the driveway and drove over them a few times. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we're being kind of hard on, on Hollywood, on all this, and and we understand why they do these things. It's it's entertainment. Unfortunately, it has a bad effect because sometimes legislation is based on this. Sometimes the news coverage is is based on this. There was a shooting here in Columbus where a police officer shot someone wielding a knife, and the media were asking questions like, you know, why didn't you shoot him in the leg? You know, why didn't why didn't you shoot in the air? Uh, why didn't you try to de-escalate in the two seconds you had to make this decision? You know, the, these kind of things, I think, comes from movies, from TV, and they're misconceptions. And so they seem a little silly when we're talking about them. But they have real-world effects, John. 
Yeah, that's a dangerous example, especially with that one you cited there to kind of put out this idea that the smart thing to do in these situations is maybe to shoot in the air or shoot for an arm or a leg, where in reality, that's how you end up hitting somebody else. Well, it's a very dangerous thing to to spread out there that the best way to handle these situations is to do something that's inherently dangerous and not what they're trained to do. It's scary. Yeah. Well, and I think the uh, police chief actually talked about that saying, you know, we're not, we're trained to shoot center mass. We're trained to stop the threat. We do not train to shoot arms, legs, feet, hands, you know, shoot the gun out of somebody's hand, things like that, because you own every round that comes out of your gun. So go for the high percentage shot. It's the only safe way. Yeah. Well, John, this was a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks for coming back to the podcast. Uh, Next time we'll probably talk about something a little more serious, but it was, it was uh, fun this time just to talk about movies and TV and some of these myths, lies, and distortions that we see. So uh, look forward to seeing you again someday. Absolutely. This was a nice break from the normal uh, legislative talks we have. Okay, John. Bye, Dean. That's all for this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, I urge you to subscribe. And please subscribe to the Buckeye Firearms Association newsletter at BuckeyeFirearms.org. If you'd like to become a member and support the work of BFA, go to JoinBFA.org. Use the discount code PODCAST to get $10 off your membership. That's JoinBFA.org. We'll see you next time on Keep and Bear Radio.